slam on the money line, and then roll it over every single time they win. Way out of here. Oh, goodness. The last seven games in which they've come in with rest have all gone under. Plus 115, the price I paid for this, the I like it. Makes the catch at the 10, and he's in for a touchdown. This is Behind the Bets, the podcast. Welcome in to another Behind the Bets podcast. I am Doug Kazarian, and yet again, another injury to discuss in the NBA postseason. It's been an unfortunate sequence, but uh, them the breaks, as they say, and it's going to be... Sort of uh, no asterisks here, whoever wins the title. I know some people are saying it, but it's really testing the coaching staffs for adjustments and really just the, the, the supporting cast of a lot of these teams. As Giannis goes down, we're going to talk to Jeff Sherman. does a wonderful job at the Westgate Las Vegas Superbook with both the NBA and golf and really everything the whole staff does. So no Murray, but we do get his colleague, Jeff Sherman. So we're going to talk about what's going on with the Bucks hawks series. Obviously a nice upset for Atlanta at home. So it's 2-2 in that series. Western Conference Finals resumes tonight. 3-2, but it's about a pick em. So Phoenix going to have to clinch in a pick em spot on the road or have to rely on a game seven here. And obviously the Clippers have been wonderful when facing elimination. Ty Lue basically his entire career. So we'll get into both games. Also the futures market. There's some value plays I give up uh, or I share throughout the pod with a prop tonight. And then some. So Jeff has an angle in the uh, game five in Milwaukee for that Eastern Conference final. So a lot to get through with Jeff Sherman. Go pick me out a winner, Bobby. Welcome to the latest Behind the Bets podcast. And, you know, there's different ways to approach what's going on in the NBA, but I thought an odds maker would make the most sense. And when you're talking odds maker in the NBA, you are talking Jeff Sherman at the Westgate Las Vegas Superbook. Jeff, thanks for taking the time. We just won't tell Murray that you did the pod. I don't want any uh, tension with behind the scenes there at the office. Yeah, I'm sure he'd be uh, missing this one out. So I, <laughs> I, I won't let him know. Okay, good. It'll be our little secret. Okay. So look, um, it can be a giant headache, I would imagine, handling all this. And we have a, a record now, unfortunately, of all-stars that are going to miss postseason games or that have already missed postseason games. And maybe Giannis is headed there, too, all, and all signs point to it. I guess just, like, how are you approaching – let's start micro, game five line. Like, what do you do when you have such uncertain statuses of Trey Young and Giannis? Well, you have to just weight some percentages on what you think these guys are going to be available for. And – in all likelihood, from our perspective, I don't think that uh, Giannis will be available for the next game. So we price it based on that. And then we have to, on the other side, factor in Trey Young. So it's kind of a wait and see approach with him, where if he plays, he's going to have some movement on the line downwards um, and it can creep up at the same time. So it's kind of a, a middle ground line involving Trey Young, but more of a, a doubtful line with Giannis. So when you say middle ground, so you're saying right now the Bucks at home in game five, series tied 2-2, minus two and a half. So you're saying if Trey Young goes, it's probably going to one, and if he mm-hmm. doesn't, it's going to like four. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm thinking. Okay. And, and, and how much of that is like the market? I mean, do you – look, I'm okay being collaborative in my profession sometimes. It's like, hey, I'm going to wait till the market post and just copy them at least to start there. Or do you want to just do your own numbers, power rating from the whole season, go from there? Well, generally, we do our own numbers, and uh, you'll see uh, right when one game is finished, we'll go ahead and stick up the next line right away, and we've been doing that throughout the playoffs. We didn't do it last night, trying to wait and find out more information. So this morning, I posted this next Hawks-Bucks game. There were already some numbers out there, but I had some numbers in mind, but we just didn't need to do it right away last night just because it's such a huge injury with Giannis and the questionability of that. But 
generally we're doing our own numbers. We have a thought process and we get it up. And, you know, most of the time it's within reason of what comes out there. And then you'll see some bets to iron it out. But um, we're definitely have our own power ratings, have our own numbers and like to get that out as soon as we can. So you mentioned taking bets. So you guys obviously categorize all your accounts, meaning player accounts, and then you'll just move based on respected play. Now, are you worried about any head fakes, meaning for those listening, just a fake basically saying like some guy may really like one side, but he'll play the other side early, knowing the books will react, and then just come over the top when he can get more down? Well, you know, we have uh, different odds makers in, in different areas here that have their specialties. And, you know, when we follow this stuff and have an idea of a power rating and a number, then we can kind of tell if someone is trying to do something because it wouldn't make sense from that perspective. So uh, as long as we know the whys on the bets, then we're comfortable with it and not just sitting there blindly taking something we're not following. So you have minus 130. That's the consensus in the neighborhood. Bucks are favored. Again, it's now a best of three series. Looks like Trey Young probably going to play sooner than Giannis. How much of uh, the Hawks power rating increased and improved since the, let's say the playoffs started? Well, there's no question it has gone up, especially with them knocking off the Sixers. Uh, you know, Embiid played all those games, even though he wasn't 100%, but that was still a daunting task for them to come out of that series. So it definitely improved from that perspective. And we've seen Trey Young grow up as a player in these playoffs even more than what, what he was. So um, they, they've definitely been respected and even saw that in the game one line at Milwaukee where they were catching seven and a half. And if that was regular season, you probably would have seen upwards near nine and a half. How much of the coaching uh, matchup, and I'll say mismatch in favor of Nick Nate McMillan, just uh, will affect these power ratings and this and the, all these moving parts? Like I, I would imagine, you weighted uh, probably put a stronger value on it, given that coaching is going to be really important, given the um, adjustments that will have to be made. Well, we know what Budenholzer is about, and you know, from our perspective, he's more of a regular season coach, and. Uh, you know, it's built into the number. We don't sit there and each game say, okay, well, he's still involved and things like that. So we know what the team's about as a whole and what to expect out of it and just put up a number based on that. I'm torn here. Um, obviously, if Trey's are good to go, I'm probably going to play the Hawks, but I will implore everyone, don't react to what you last saw. You know, we play amateur psychologists, and I joke about it a lot, but I think it really helps in the playoff series. For example, when the Wizards and... Sixers were playing, and it was 3-0, and then Joel Amid goes down mid-game. The Wizards won. So it was 3-1, going back to Philly, and everyone's like, oh, look at the Wizards. They were so much better. They're going to win this game outright at six-point dogs. I go, oh, no. Star gets injured mid-game, and they're kind of up. It's it's much different now. They can implement a game plan. I was on the Sixers. 2-1, Kyrie goes down. Nets kind of rolled over in the second half against Milwaukee. 2-2 coming home. Now, it took a great effort and a 49-point performance, but – what you saw mid-game with a team that had a series lead is going to be very different with a day off, preparing, knowing what the situation is without their star. So be very careful just kind of reacting to the Hawks blowing out the Bucks after the Giannis injury. Obviously, the Bucks deep down knew they were up 2-1, knew they had to regroup, and I expect a better performance from Milwaukee. What are you expecting here in Game 5? Well, there's a couple of things based on what you just talked about. One was the Hawks were winning with Giannis in there for the first half and we've seen this Bucks team over the last three seasons not play to their potential and have spots like this the other thing you have to take into account is when a team knows it's going to be without its star generally that first game everyone steps their game up which they did last night so you get that instant reaction out of guys saying we need to step it up 
you don't quite see that in subsequent games after that. So just like you said, what you saw last night, just don't take that to the next game. These guys got up knowing that they were without their leader, and then some of that relaxes back the next game. You're right. You can't expect that all the time. I would actually lean to the Bucks first quarter in this one just to start. Um, but again, uh, we'll, have, we'll post plays on ESPN.com's chalk section. I obviously have them in daily wager. What are you going to do? Let's say Giannis is out. How do you adjust the props? Well, we how much, you know? Yeah, each player's props are going to go up a few points. And, you know, that's the one thing is we don't put the props out until we find out his status. And once we do, then we'll go ahead and increase each player's points by, you know, one and a half, two points uh, percentage wise on each one. So um, and if we have questionability like last night, we didn't use any Hawks players props. We use only Bucks because we knew what they were going into the game with. Uh, and we're, you know, w- once we find out Giannis's status, we can go ahead and proceed from that perspective. Trey Young's another story, so we'll have to see how we approach that. But um, if there's such an impactful player that's going to really affect everyone else, we wait on those props and don't get them up and have to make adjustments on the fly because generally you'll see people on the betting app just go straight through it and play them immediately. And then you're loaded to those one sides with the adjustment, not having being made yet. And you'll have some data from this regular season, just exactly how the, you know, the, the usage of Middleton and drew holiday and things along those lines. Right. Oh yeah. There's no doubt. So, uh, it's we've not a, seen it's some, not a complete guessing game, I guess is my point. Yeah. We've seen the bucks play without Giannis and they've done it quite a few times this year. So there's some, some, uh, sample sizes to go by and we take that into account. Frankly, in some ways, they're a lot cleaner offensively, right? They don't have that power dribble from the three-point line all the way down. They can run through Middleton, run through Holiday, but obviously I'm not saying they're better without Middleton, but in some ways they'll have cleaner looks and they'll, they'll kind of have a cleaner identity, I guess is a better way to put it. Yeah, you just you see they don't have that reliance and just stand around and watch sometimes like you see some teams do. So uh, you, you might see some more ball movement um, when somebody like that is out and just more involvement from everybody on the team. Uh, futures market. Now, I believe the Suns are now the favorites at some shops. Um, mm-hmm. really difficult, obviously to forecast, but you have a team up three, two, and they'll have home court as well. And then the bucks, I mean, who knows, right there, the series price is minus a dollar 30. Right. And that's what we have as a Suns as a minus minus one twenty favorite for the title right now. Just like you mentioned, they're up three, two, they're $5 favorites in their series. They would have home court over the East. Uh, and then the question really about Giannis, we bumped the Bucks up to plus 325. Again, thinking that there's a good chance that this could go into the next series. And if they're deficient without him, then you're going to get a nice price anyway on him against uh, whether it would be Phoenix or the Clippers. So all these moving parts are being taken into account when we put the futures back up. And then you also have to look at the liability. And we have large liability on the Hawks having taken some large tickets on them earlier this season. So we have the Hawks at five to one. The Clippers currently at eight to one. You don't have the two million dollars uh, riding on the on the <laughs> the Hawks like some like another book does. It's been a fascinating story. I got down uh, at a hundred to one when it was two two against the Sixers. Not enough though. Excuse me, fifty to one. Excuse me, fifty to one. Not not enough money. But so I would imagine you're very flexible and elastic with the futures market if you take a sharp wager. Uh, the side, the series price, even the, some of the props, if you are taking such big, I mean, you have to, you have to be ready to, ready to move on that, right? Because information is such a commodity in this situation with the Giannis injury. 
There's no doubt. And there's, you know, there's certain people that can play a lead in this that we see, and we've seen them do it in the past that if they bet it, and sometimes you see one or two bets come in, then, you know, some of the information starting to leak out and you can go ahead and make either a quick adjustment or close it really quickly and then find that information until you can settle at a number you're comfortable with. So there's leading indicators besides just following woes or shams on Twitter uh, or some people making some wagers too that might lead you to that direction. Which is great, right? I mean, the information is the is such a powerful component. And in this case, it really is. And if you guys have certain accounts flagged or whatever, and you know what's up, then obviously you can beat a lot of people and, and position your book accordingly. Um, Clipper's Suns. We're basically at a pick them here. A couple books have minus one. The other ones have the other side minus one. I'm on the Suns first quarter. I think they'll start strong off the loss. I think Chris Paul sets the tone. I think it was just a wonky game five with, with Zubac a late scratch kind of throughout the game plan for Phoenix opened up the paint. I'm on the under if Zubac is playing. I think that ruined the under for me in game five. Any uh, thoughts here with what the Clippers are doing, avoiding elimination? Uh, I think it's going to be a tough game. I mean, what we've seen, you could almost make a case that the Clippers could be up four games to one right now. Uh, you know, that, that loss at home with a second left. The last game they played in L.A., they couldn't make a shot. They had an opportunity to win that game. This series has been a lot closer than looking like what the price is on the current series price on the Suns because they're up 3-2. So this line, I think it's uh, properly priced at Pickham. I think it's going to be a tough one, and it I wouldn't get involved myself. I think it really can go either, either way. Any plays you do like for the for the people? You know, I don't have anything right now except for – the next Hawks Bucks game, I bet under 218. I just think with Giannis most likely not being there, I think points are going to be tougher for these, especially if Trey Young happens to not be involved too. Uh, so I did play under when that opened up this morning at 218. I can see that for sure. I'm on Terrence Mann over a half. My, probably going to be my best bet over half, I should say, steal, that is, not over a half point. Um, he's had over at least one in six of the seven games since Kawhi's missed. He's a great defender. Doesn't play a ton of minutes, but he gets that one steal, sometimes two steals. So over half minus 05. It was minus a buck 45 in the last game that he got there. So kind of a weird prop, but I'm just going to play it because I think it's uh, it should be priced more heavily juiced to the over. Obviously, you can't put up one, but um, that's a wonky prop. I mean, these some of this prop market's been very intriguing. Some of it's really tough. I was on Brooke Lopez under four and a half rebounds last night as my best bet. And obviously, the Giannis injury ruined me because not only Giannis getting rebounds, but Lopez got more blocks, excuse me, more minutes, and therefore got one, one more rebound to hit the over in that late in that game. So uh, there's a domino effect to everything. So it'll be really interesting to see how you approach this. Before we let you go, I know you also are the golf guy at the Westgate Las Vegas Superbook. British Open a couple of weeks away. Anything of note here? Well, you got John Rahm as the deserved favorite at 10 to 1 coming off his U.S. Open triumph, uh, some separation behind between him, Rory McIlroy, next 14 to one. And this tournament is really so wide open. You get the, the weather conditions, uh, the tee times can affect um, some, some golfers ability and help them out or hurt them based on what tee times they have. So I would say really pay attention, uh, you know, early, late draws. You might have a beneficial draw if you're looking to play someone in the outrights where uh, it could really be beneficial for you. So it's more so than the other majors. You need to pay attention to that, but, uh, going down the board, it really brings a lot of people into play. There's a lot of golfers that play the European tour circuit uh, that are in play here in these type of conditions. 
Uh, so it's, you got to really look deep into these, this field here and not just look at the guys at the top. You know, we, we've seen golfers, once they get over the hump, the, the floodgates open. And the first guy that comes to mind is Phil Mickelson. And forever we were talking with Rom. It wasn't a matter of if, it was just a matter of when. Had the game, he was still so young. Um, and then he gets over the hump. Do you think the majors might, might just kind of come in uh, bunches here? Yeah, I mean, he's right now power rated the number one guy in the sport. And he's been showing some consistency and I mean, in, in all rights, he should have ended up winning the Memorial by a nice margin too that week. So, um, you know, he backed it up with the U.S. Open win. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a weight off his shoulders now that I think he'll be more uh, free on the golf course and, and be able to attack it more how he wants, not have to have it in his head. Um, you know, we've seen right. in previous years uh, he's had a temper. He's been containing that somewhat uh, lately. And now that he has that major win, I think it's just going to be beneficial for him and it's going to be a lot for the other golfers to overcome, especially after he got that one off his back. I know he's a Spaniard, but there's an element of that's kind of comfortable territory for him, right? Like playing overseas in, in the British and the weather. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, Ryder Cup, all that right, atmosphere. Right. So, I mean, yeah, he's definitely got that pedigree already. All right, my man, that's going to do it. A lot of, uh, you know, usually the summer's pretty chill for all of us, right? End of June, the MB- we're worried about summer league point spreads. Oh, no. We're, we're just in the conference finals in 2021 for the NBA and obviously NHL as well, uh, the Stanley Cup Finals. So it's the, both both seasons have gone later than usual, but we appreciate the time and the valuable insight. Uh, thanks for having me on, Doug. I want winners. All right, that's going to do it for us on this pod. Thanks again to Jeff Sherman and all of you for listening. We appreciate the time. Obviously, there's a lot of options out there in the space. So we appreciate your interest in this pod and don't forget we do a daily wager podcast every weekday it posts around 12 15 p.m or so eastern and uh, again weekdays and that's less, less than 10 minutes so if you don't have a ton of time that's your option right there this is obviously weekly we try to extend the shelf life which is why we did a little british open discussion at the very end and then of course daily wager tv six eastern all week on espn2 and i believe we're in the similar time slot next week as well so thanks to everyone uh thanks to jeff sherman and we'll see you back here next week This is Behind the Bets, the podcast. You can listen and follow the Behind the Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast. Also, check out Doug Kazarian on Daily Wager, weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN2.